Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, I'm Jason Tobin, and I play Young Jun on Cinemax's Warrior, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me tonight is award-winning actor, director, martial artist, such films as Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, Better Luck Tomorrow, most recently playing Young June in the Cinemax series based on Bruce Lee's original notes, Warrior, Jason Tobin. Jason, thank you so much for joining me on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And it's really great to have you. Uh, the show is doing well. Congratulations on the success. I know you guys got renewed for a second season. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting that we're, uh, we're going again. That's cool. Now, I know you were a big fan of Bruce Lee growing up, right? Absolutely, man. I was, uh, I'm was. i as much a Bruce Lee fan as, as the biggest Bruce Lee fan out there. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I literally at some point thought I was you know, his reincarnation. I walked around dressed like him, acting like him, doing everything, you know. <laughs> um, you know, when kids grew up, you know, putting on Sp- Spider-Man suits or Superman or whatever, I was like, literally, I was like, I wanted to be Bruce. was my superhero. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, entire generations yeah. were brought up on Bruce. What, what is it like then to work on a show that, that carries that added weight? I mean, this is Bruce Lee's baby, right? I mean, and he's right. a cultural icon. So mm. does that add any pressure to to you guys as, as actors trying to bring that to life? Huh. You know, I, I, I if I'm going to be completely honest, I would say that it doesn't bring any more pressure than mm. the pressure that I already feel, which is that I'm working on a top-notch production. So, you know, at, at this level level of the game, you have to be prepared for that kind of pressure. And, and I'm, I've always been the kind of player that's like, you know, you've got 10 seconds on the clock, give me the ball, give, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so for me, like, I thrive in it and um, I want it. And I would say that, you know, maybe when I'm not thinking about it, when I'm... When I, what I mean by that is when I'm not thinking about the character and the actual story and, and what I have to do, you know, as a performer, then maybe I think like, crikey, I'm in a Bruce Lee production. Oh my god! Then then maybe the weight of it will kind of sink in. But I try and <laughs> this might sound a little weird. I try not to think too much. I try and do all my th- preparation before I get to set, so that when I'm on set and I'm about to work and perform, I don't think about anything other than the thoughts and feelings of young june if i start to think about the thoughts that i feel as jason or you know whether i'm not feeling that great that day or um, you know do i look weird on that camera angle or oh my god this is a bruce lee production then all those will will sink me so i try not to think about any of that and i just solely think about what my intention is in the scene and um, to have as much fun as possible that all being said i mean you know when I look back on my life, like I have been such a hardcore uh, martial arts and specifically a Bruce Lee fan, um, yeah. and and it's no secret. Like my whole family has no, you know what I mean. Like, and I think you know my whole family and myself. It's just it's literally incredible that I'm now finally as it's as if my paths have crossed with Bruce Lee and um, it's, cool. I, it's just, it's such a blessing, man. Like I, you know, I, I have to pinch myself cause I, this is truly a, a dream job. And, and I, I recently someone asked me about, you know, my career and 
you know, I, even though I trained in martial arts a lot and I, I loved it, you know, um, I was not, never going to be a Bruce Lee, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, But I was acting and I kind of always as much enjoyed the martial arts as well as enjoyed the philosophy of, of martial arts and specifically Bruce Lee's philosophy. And the thing that I've always taken to heart is the idea of that he expressed in his interview with uh, Pierre Breton to honestly express yourself and also the philosophy of Jeet Kune Do of like, you know, take what works for you and, and, and anything that's, that, that doesn't work, you, you throw away. And that's really been my approach as an actor to, to, to being an actor and the way I work. So, you know, on that note, like, you know, to honestly express yourself, uh, you know, for example, when I was first approached to audition for Warrior, I was given several different notes by Justin Lin, who I'd worked with before and we were friends. I got notes from Alexa Fogel, the, the casting director. I got notes from Jonathan Tropper. They all gave me these notes. And what resulted was uh, I got right in my head, started thinking too much, trying to please them and trying to you know, achieve each of their notes that they gave me. And, and when they watched it, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we want to see uh, this, this, and this. And I I realized then I was like, no, I, I'm going to follow Bruce Lee's philosophy. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out all the notes with all due respect, <laughs> and I'm going to go with my instincts, and I'm going to honestly express myself in this role as Young June. This is how I would play it. And I auditioned again, and I sent in the tape, and within hours, you know, we were talking about signing contracts and everything. And it's a real, it's it's a lesson that I've learned so many times as an actor that, like, you know. There's training to be an actor, just like there's training to, to become, a, you know, to play soccer or whatever. But ultimately, when it's game day, you have to express yourself. You have to, you know, express yourself through your movement and, and, and your personality and your creativity and your ambition and your drive and everything like that. And so even though I may not be the martial artist that Bruce Lee is, I really feel like I, I try my best to live it. Uh, in terms of my acting and in some sometimes i say that you know I, i've always wanted to be like the, the bruce lee of acting you know what i mean like i just, <laughs> just want to be such a freaking badass <laughs> i want to be a badass actor you know what i mean you're, you're doing it you're doing <laughs> thank, it <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> you know I, actually i want to touch on that a little bit because uh honestly expressing yourself doing a lot of research on you um you're a proud asian american you're really aware of who you are uh, in terms of being an Asian actor in, in a Hollywood industry that historically hasn't been particularly kind to Asian American actors, right? Or Asian actors in general. Um, where did that whole perspective come from? I guess, you know, it's just something I've, you know, I, I am Asian, you know, so I don't have to, you know, it's just, you know, let me give you, let me say this little story. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually not American. I'm actually, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm half Chinese I'm from Hong Kong. Um, and my father is, is British. He's, he's English. He's, you know, he's a, he's a white guy. He's born in Wales and, you know, Tobin is actually an Irish name because, you know, his grandfather was Irish. And, and uh, when I was a little kid, I, I grew up in Hong Kong. But my dad sent me to boarding school in England when I was nine, and uh, I, I'm not sure when exactly, but but basically the first week of boarding school, I mean, I was extremely, extremely homesick. I'd grow, grown up in Asia, and all of a sudden I'm in like this freezing part of the world in England. I'm the only Asian kid in the school, right. and uh, and you know, but the first week I'm there, I, I you know we had a drama class, and instantly I fell in love with drama, and it, that's where the bug began right there in boarding school um 
but I remember like maybe a year later, you know, there were, you know, there was a school play and, um, you know, we're 10 years old at this point and, and I didn't get a part in it. And I was really upset at that time about not getting a part. And then one of my school friends, he says to me, of course you didn't get a part, Jason. It's like, you're, look at you, you're Chinese. And, uh, in my head I thought, oh yeah, of, of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know? Of course, you know, this play is about a bunch of, you know, uh, I think it was a, it was a farce, um, like a 19th century British play, a uh, farce. And, and I remember thinking, like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm Chinese. I, I, yeah, you know, that makes total sense. It didn't dawn on me like a day later when I'm sitting there in, in class and thinking, but, but we're 10. Right. We're 10-year-olds <laughs> playing adults. You know what I mean? Like, and so my point is like, there are so many things that I never thought as an Asian guy I would yeah. ever get to play. For example, I never thought I'd be a cowboy. <laughs> you know, I never thought I'd be in a, an American TV show and, and riding horses and riding into the sunrise. And right. um, this such an iconic image. Uh, so in terms of the politics of like representation and stuff, I honestly do not think about it. And I try not to even talk about it that much because um, I don't, I don't want to be that kind of person. that's like, Hey, I want to be in, I want to be in your party. Why won't you invite me? Cause like that literally is the worst way to, you'll never get invited to the party. And so my philosophy has always been to, to like just fucking do the best fucking job I can do as an actor. And, and and that is my that's the voice I'm going to use, you know. Like I don't, I'm not knocking anyone else who who expresses themselves differently. That's just I've decided that I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to do my work as best I can, and um, and just through the force of my own personality and my willpower, just accomplish it that way. Um, because the other thing is when I if I try and rep my community, which I find very I just I find I find that's kind of a problematic idea. Um, it means that there are expectations of me uh, of what roles I play. Like I grew up loving, um, you know, as much as I love Bruce Lee, and I mean I liked all kinds of actors. I mean like Robert uh, Robert De Niro, you know, Daniel Day Lewis, um, <laughs> you know, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. Like you know, I mean you can easily see the influences uh, in my performance from these guys right so but when i made uh, better luck tomorrow with justin there was you know some criticism it's like hey you know why are you not representing asian americans in a positive light it's like uh as an actor that's that's the i i cannot think of anything more dull than just playing good wholesome people it just makes no sense yes i would like to play that character once in a while but not always. I mean, I, I'm an actor because I want to express myself in all kinds of manners, and whether it be through comedy, through someone who's a loving, caring person, someone who's a bit shady, or someone who's really shady. If I'm going to represent my community, for lack of a better e- expression, I'd rather it be that I'm a, a good actor, or I'm, a, yeah. I'm a good filmmaker, you know, um, not that I play decent. Asian American upstanding people, you know, um, opposed to that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just, um, but either way I, I try and like steer clear of the politics and just let my work speak for itself. I think you cannot look at my, my work and, and say, you know, that I don't care. I do. <laughs> I yeah. care deeply. And in fact, yeah. you know, prior to warrior, warrior is 
this is a show that has given me the most exposure. Most of my career, I've been working in independent films, you know, other than Tokyo Drift. But Tokyo Drift, my role is not, you know, that significant. So for most of my career, I've literally fought the fight, you know, as as an Asian American. I've done how many, you know, Asian American features, and honestly, I'm quite happy to be in that realm because I feel like a lot of Asian American films, or at least the roles I've been given, give me an opportunity to express myself. We're actually, very much in like with Young Jun, how I, you know, I'm I'm Chinese, but I'm not Chinese enough. I'm I'm British, but I'm yeah. not British enough. I'm I'm I've lived in America. I feel very uh, a real kinship with Americans and and Asian Americans, and but I'm not American, you know. So I I'm always sort of floating around, not quite enough, you know. So I really understand that 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 feeling that a lot of Asian Americans have and a lot of immigrant people or just people in general. No, you know, it's, it's, it's funny just because um, I mentioned to some of your other cast members that um, one of the great things about this show is that at some point you stop seeing that it's a, a show with Asian actors. You just recognize great performances. It's a sexy show. You guys are standout actors and it's, it's such a good story. It's so involving and it draws you into this world. And you know, it's a bloody period in history for, uh, yeah. for the Chinese, right? And uh, you that that all just washes away, and you 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 get sucked into the story and the and the characters and the development of these characters. And it's it's refreshing that there is a show like that where the Asian actors are just actors, and it's not in your face that hey, look, we're Asian. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, you know what? It's it's it it's it just seems so normal, right? When you watch it, you think, well, of yeah. course they've been here all they've been here all the time, you know. And yeah. I think I, there was a review that someone had written recently about. Um, I think actually it might have been in the Rolling Stone saying this archetype of character that I'm playing as Young Jun could easily have been, you know, he, the the reviewer named a couple of uh, white actors, and yeah, exactly, you know. It, had Better Luck Tomorrow been uh, a white cast or Warrior, you know, for some whatever reason, been a white cast, you know, I never would have been up for these roles. Never. N- never would have been considered for, the, for, the, for this archetype yet. Like, it seems like it's, you know, it's so well suited to me. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, let me let me get into that character for a little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, Young Jun is a great character. Now, when he first burst onto the scene, though, I was like, yes. dude, this guy's a slime ball. Yeah, he, I'm waiting for him to stab. You know, I'll slam in the back. And, yeah, <laughs> because it could very easily have been that uh, stereotypical character that yeah. uh, you know the 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 disgruntled son, the forgotten member of the family, or whatever. And it, it could have e- very easily been a one-dimensional trope. But yeah, this last episode, mm-hmm. you know, in the saloon with Wong Kea, I was like. Oh my God, my heart just broke for Young June here. I don't understand yeah. what's happening. I, I didn't <laughs> want to like this guy. I didn't want to like you. <laughs> and then, you know, there's this, all of this development just happened mm. with the character. I'm like, you know, see, this is why this show is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really uh, pleased to hear that because, you know, it really, really <laughs> satis- it's, it's really satisfying to like, to, to at once annoy someone. Uh, with your role or your character and then like win them over um and and honestly that's that's what i'm daring to do that's exactly i'm like you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna win you over then i'm gonna try and make you not like me as much as possible early on you know what i mean and uh and um it's such a great character i, I mean 
and also because I knew what what lay ahead. So that means yeah. that the choices that I make earlier on, it's like, okay, well, then I want to be as far away from that as possible now so that later on it's just that much sweeter. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know. It's the, funny. The, mm, yeah, it's funny. You've, you've, you've got this sneer uh, <laughs> when you're when you're – you know, bad young June. You know, yeah, it's, it, it's 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 honestly grating when you do it. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. he's such a bad dude. <laughs> but yeah. what, what, I mean, what do you bring to the character? What uh, what can you tell me about where he's going without spoiling anything? Huh. I've got to be very careful here. What I say. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> don't I spoil don't anything. Know. Don't. I don't. I don't know what I can say honestly. Um, well, what about uh, when you when you were first approached with the character. Yes. Uh, and, you know, first of all, how psyched were you uh, to to be involved with this? How badly did you want to be involved with this project? <laughs> you know, um, that's a good question. So, uh, in the middle, I think June of 2017, I got a, an email uh, from Alexa Fogel's casting office from New York. I think they they're based, and um, they asked me to audition for Assam. Wow. <laughs> So, um, so you know, at the time, I was like, "Oh, this this warrior." Is, I think like two or three years earlier, they had mentioned that that it was in development, and uh, so when the audition actually came through, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this show." And um, uh, you know, it's Bruce Lee and everything, and of course, being a Bruce Lee fan, I was you know that got that piqued my interest. But honestly, I'd been in the business for so long at this point, and I've experienced so many ups and downs, and more downs than I. I care to remember that like I was just sort of professional about it. You know, I, I just I put myself on tape and I knew that the tape that I'd, that I'd created for Assam was uh, professional. They would watch it and they'd be like, okay, this guy's, you know, he's a good actor. He can, you know, he's a professional. Um, but I knew in my heart that I would not be cast. In it. And, and quite honestly, I didn't deep down, probably didn't even really want the role. Which is a oh, which really. which is completely different from how it would have been, you know, ten years ago. I would have just been like, "Oh my god, my life is over if I don't get this role," you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I just was a different person, and I sent the tape in, and I knew I just had this feeling. I'm like, you know what? I'm not right for a sum, nor do I really want to be a sum. But I bet you, I bet you, there's a role in this show that I would be goddamn perfect for and um and i didn't hear back from them <laughs> didn't oh, hear wow. back oh didn't hear nothing not, not, a, not a not a peep and then uh, i think about four months went by and i get a frantic call from alexa's office and um saying oh we'd love you to read for a different role i'm like okay cool uh and uh and then i ended, she ended up giving me you know a ton of notes uh, this is kind of what I talked about earlier. JT gave me a ton of notes. Justin Lin called me up, gave me a ton of notes. And basically all their notes were to the effect of play him chill. Because what I gathered from that was that the actor that had come in had played him crazy. Crazy, crazy, right. crazy. Uh, which is the easy way to, to go with, right? Because you read the first script, you're like, oh, this guy is just as you described him. Obnoxious uh, son of the, the boss and, you know. And all that, and um, but my instinct did not read that to me. You know, I I I saw that there was going to be some depth in him, and you know, JT Jonathan Chopper had had said, yeah, you know, this is someone that we we really want to be able to see both sides. And I'm like, okay, um, and so 
after I threw all the notes out, I, you know, I did it the way I did, which is just completely, you know, the way I wanted to do it without any of their, their input. And I knew, you know, talking to JT, cause even though I didn't have the scripts yet, he told me like the sort of arc of the character and actually he told me the arc of the character for, for not just this season, but for a couple more seasons. So I, I knew kind of where he was going. So to me, it was just like the ultimate challenge. It's like, oh, great. I'm going to be the most obnoxious, you know, <laughs> person you can be. But then, motherfucker, I'm going to I'm gonna win you over. I'm going to, you know, like in acting, right, there's always this thing about like American actors are very subtle. You know, they can, they can be subtle in their acting. And that's cool. But it's like, okay, well, you know what? Then I'm going to be big and grandiose and subtle. I'm going to do it all, you know. Give me, I'll, I'll go to the gamut, you know. And um, I just, t- I accepted the challenge. And I knew that JT had... Um, you know, he told me what was in store. So I was like, okay, game on, let's do this. Uh, it's so interesting to hear um, your take on it just because that character, like, like I was saying, it, when you presented him to us, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't like this guy. I just don't <laughs> like him. He's, he's got a, he's got a bad sneer. He's got a <laughs> terrible swagger about him. And he, he calls, yeah, you know, women yeah. sticky, which honestly bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you know, and that, that uh, that's all part of the time and all that. But um, it, to to hear that you you went out for Assam first, um, yeah, it doesn't make sense because you are young June, and I I can't yeah. see any yeah, other way. Yeah, it, absolutely right. It's just it's so interesting. Well, this is one thing that happens when you know, the, or I don't. It may be changing now, but you know, when a when a a role is up for grabs in Hollywood, and it's in the, and the and the role is Asian, then basically every Asian motherfucker shows up, even though we're like, even though we're completely different, you know what I mean? Right. And it's just kind of lumped into a pool. Oh, uh, male, Asian, okay, uh, all right, and you see all these dudes, whereas if if it was cast more for someone who's maybe Caucasian, then they might go more for archetype or type, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, yeah, it's, I mean, Andrew and I are, I mean, yeah, I just, I think we're just very different, you know, I think, and it's a great thing because I think, we, you know, we look great on camera and <laughs> like as a team, you like do. everything from yeah. like our styles to our, to our size and height and our sensibilities. Like I think we play off each other very well. Yeah. It's absolutely a testament to you guys as actors and that presence, completely different sets of presences, right? And, when, and uh, Andrew Koji um, looks like Assam and you look like Young June and when you guys are <laughs> together, you could not be more different but man the the bromance that's going on between you two is a thing of beauty i gotta tell you <laughs> yeah it really is isn't it it is it's it's it it really is it's a uh, man i it's so good man it's so good I, um, <laughs> even my wife's you guys got a bromance going on I'm like honey yeah um okay i'll talk to you later i'm gonna talk to andrew now <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah when did acting become a part of your plan when you were growing up? Was it something that you were going to go for right away? Because uh, if you had, you know, martial arts background doing that, you could have easily gone, you know, into something more athletic and martial arts driven. Yeah. So basically, as I mentioned earlier, I, when I went to boarding school in England, I was nine years old, I was extremely homesick. And uh, but the first week I was there, I went to drama class, fell in love with it. But and even though I had a uh, a love for theater and drama and, and acting and, and I loved movies I watched a lot of movies my parents had no qualms about letting me watch as many movies as I could and uh, they had no qualms about letting me watch movies that were above my 
age, you know, the whatever the guidance was back then. Um, so I was, I was, I'd always grown up with a love of movies and a love of acting, but I didn't actually understand that you could be an actor. You know, by the time I was 18 and ready to go to college, it was, you know, I was still applying to like law school and business and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was naive. I, I didn't understand that you could be an actor. I, I almost thought it was magic. You know what I mean? Because sure. no one around me was going to theater or theater school or whatever. And, uh, but then one day my dad, um, he, he, uh, he showed me an ad in, in a local, like, you know, newspaper saying, you know, advertising an, an acting class. So I went and, um, and then I met some actors there and they told me that, you know, that in America, there's these things called acting classes. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, how do you get in them? Would I be, would they let me in? And they're like, yeah, anyone can go. I'm like, holy shit. You mean all these like exams I've been taking? get into law school and and business school you mean like but i can just go to an acting class and they'll take me holy shit okay so 18 years old i, I packed a bag and I'm, I'm a kid from hong kong i packed a bag one bag and and i i you know I tell my parents that i'm gonna la to become an actor but i at the time i needed a visa because i, I have a british passport so i applied to santa monica college and um uh, so I got a, got a visa to go to Santa Monica College. I arrived in LA. I'm 18 years old, and I started taking you know general ed classes, you know philosophy, math, and you know what have you. And then I come back after one semester, and and I tell my dad, oh yeah, you know this is what I've been doing. And then he looked at me, he goes, but I thought you went to LA to be an actor. And I was like, yeah. So my dad that Christmas talked me out of college. What? Wow. Yes. Talked me out of college, and I went back to LA for my second semester at SMC. And I basically didn't go to school. I just got into an acting class, and 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 over the subsequent years, I I just slowly tried to learn as much about acting as I could. And I, I was just, uh, you know, LA is this huge universe. And you know, like if someone asked me today, hey, you know, I, I want to go to LA to learn acting, I can like off the top of my head, I'll say, you know, go study with this person, go study with this person, learn this, learn that, contact this. I, I know what to do and say now, right? Back then, I had to learn all that for myself. And um, in Hong Kong, we had no acting teachers. In LA, you had a million. And so when I got there, I didn't, I couldn't tell a good acting teacher from a bad one. So you know, I it, it took me a time, it took me a while to kind of like get the lay of the land, figure things out, and go through some bad teachers, pick up couple of bad habits um, <laughs> um figure out that oh you know maybe i need to um maybe learn get on a set and so you know i started my you know with an extras casting agency like like every other actor and you know got on set and realized oh i'm really low on the totem pole here but, but i learned a lot you know i and then i started doing like uh short films and uh, at, at you know UCLA, AFI, USC, Loyola Marymount, you know you name it. I was doing. Uh, I, I'm not exaggerating. I probably did like 50 short films. You know, <laughs> just trying to like get experience. Just kind of like a pilot has to get their flying hours in. I just I just felt like I needed my hours. Just just trying to get, you know clock clock my hours. And I mean I was so stiff when I first you know got on camera. You know I was so stiff and I would talk too fast because I was just like just trying to barrel my way through a scene you know but you know over time I, I you know I started to learn the craft and started developing myself and 
took me a long while. I mean, those are really, really, really tough years. Um, yeah. They were, you know, really lean. Um, but, you know, I really, you know, I, I learned so much there. And that's that's really where I, I became an actor. That's really where I learned learned the craft. And, um, and it, which it kind of all culminated in being cast in, in Justin's movie, um, Better Luck Tomorrow. And... Um, and yeah, and I've always called Bella Tomorrow the gift that keeps on giving because that film has, has given me so much credibility over the years, you know, and, and I would still get work from it. And the the fact is, you know, I'm I'm on Warrior today because of that film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, where in that whole journey did martial arts come into play? So yeah, so when I got to LA, you know, one one of the things I did was I was learn I started learning acting, and um, and LA. The other thing is, it's like a martial arts. Haven, right? Like, uh, yeah. so I started training at the Inno Santo Academy, and um, wow, nice. Started training there, and uh, was just because I wasn't really working as an actor, and you know, I would study. I would go to acting classes, but I didn't. I wasn't really booking jobs yet. You know, it's it just really early on in my in that in that field. But I spent a lot of time training, and I just train, 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 train. You know, there were times where I train morning, lunch, and then you know, go to evening training as well, and. Um, and I almost got, I did get sidetracked at some point because, you know, I wasn't acting. And, and uh, so, you know, one day um, uh, uh, one of the shoot wrestling uh, guys was like, hey, you know, do you want to compete? Do you want to fight? And I'm like, yeah, okay, why not? And, um, and so it was just like an interclub, you know, shoot, shoot tournament. I, I don't know if you can really call it MMA because even though you could punch and kick and, and wrestle, you know, we, we did wear like headgear and, and all that stuff. Um, and I, I basically lost that fight. It was, it was such a such a silly little error, and it was it's basically you know wrestling one hundred and one. I mean, the guy just just got me into an armbar so quickly, and um, and I totally lost. And it's a guy that I had wrestled and and you know sparred with in class and, and had done had fared way better, but I just made a little error and got caught got into got caught in an armbar, and. Um, and I didn't tap. Um, Yuri, who was the the who was one of the head teachers there, and and, and the ref that, that that day, he just looked at my face and just you know waved the uh, waved the fight off because yeah. in my head I was like, God fucking damn it! I can't believe I got caught in this. And I'm like, Well, you know what? At the very least, I'm just not gonna just not gonna submit. Fuck it, you know, you know. Which is really young and stupid and naive to think, you know. Sure, but that sure. that was where my mindset was at the time, so I didn't. And then uh, Guru Dan afterwards came up to me and he said something very sweet, which was like, oh, you showed a lot of heart in there. But long story short, that fight really, really affected me. Like it was kind of like Ronda Rousey when she lost. It just – she was never yeah. the same again. And I understood, I, understood, I understood that feeling. It's like, oh, I really thought I was a badass. And here I was completely humbled. And, it, and I let it really affect me. It really hit me deep down. And I remember listening to uh, someone talk about uh, Manny Pacquiao and saying that, you know, Manny Pacquiao, when he loses, he doesn't let it affect him. To him, it's a sport. He realizes that it's part of the game. You know, like, you are going to lose sometimes. And the next day, he gets back to training, and he's the champion that he was always. But I, but I didn't have that wisdom yet, you know. And, and I let it really, really affect me, and, and I started, stopped training. But what it did do that I was really grateful for and thankful for was that it made me really reflect as to why I was in LA. I was like, I did not come here to be a fighter. 
I came here to be an actor. I, my dream was to be a great actor. And what that did was it made me refocus all my efforts in becoming an actor and, and, and having a career as, a, as, a, as an actor. That didn't mean that I didn't want to do martial arts anymore. It just meant that like, I, just, I should be working on scripts and acting and doing more films. And, you know, there's this fallacy out there, this myth that like, you know, and it's still, pre- it's still prevalent that, you know, there are martial artists and there are actors. And there's this stigma that if you're a martial artist slash actor, then you're not a very good actor, you know? Right, it's totally, it's right. totally not, it's totally not right, but nevertheless, it, it persists. So at that point, I just was just focused on acting and I wanted to like, to be an actor. And, um, it wasn't until, you know, many years later that I kind of reconciled those two things and, and thought, fuck it. No, I, I do want to, I definitely at some point want to do a martial arts film, you know? Uh, but I really thought the opportunity had passed me by. You know, my, I was getting older. My, you know, I can't kick as high anymore. Sure. That kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, um, but then Warrior came along, and all of a sudden, like, I get the be- I get the best of both worlds. I, I get yeah. to do unbelievable work as an actor, as a performer, and I get to be a badass martial artist. It's yeah. it's uh, <laughs> my dreams have come true. Like, man, I I'm, I'm not religious at all, but the word blessed feels so appropriate i really feel blessed you know i uh to be able to, to do this um yeah i've always had a, a love for martial arts i've always had a love for acting and to be able to, to combine them both now is just um, you know just a dream come true yeah. back when you were uh, starting out you know starting out in acting and you were uh, had just taken up martial arts uh, were you aware of the the stereotypes that would surround an Asian studying martial arts going out for acting. Uh, and uh, were you conscious of that or were, was it a subconscious thing? Uh, were you ever going to maybe try to leverage the martial arts skill as part of that acting pursuit? Yeah. Um, I actually, I mean, I'd, I'd grown up doing martial arts. I, I started with judo. So uh, when I was a little kid, like nine years old doing judo. And then as I went into my teenage years, I uh, was training Taekwondo. And then when I got to um, LA, you know, obviously I went to the Inner Santo Academy. And so it was Jun Fan Kung Fu. And, you know, I did Thai boxing there, shoot, and uh, Kali, Eskrima, Silat, you know, just basically taking every class that they offered, you know, because I had so much free time. And I was conscious of that and of when I was acting that I, I didn't sell myself as a martial artist, that I sold myself more as an actor who could do martial arts. And, and I was very conscious of that because I did want to separate myself. Because what I learned, you know, when I told you about that, that fight that I had was that I didn't want to get pulled down a path. You know what I mean? I, I knew what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a great actor. I wanted to, to tell great stories. And, and, and I knew that like, if I started to do more martial arts, I could maybe go into stunts or, I knew that if I started going down that path, it'd be very hard to, to come back to doing what I wanted to do. And and so like I, I kept it very separate and, and it became all about acting. Um, it wasn't until later on that I you know, that I thought, Oh, when my acting career was a little bit more established that I started to think, you know what, it would be great if I could do a martial arts film. But by that point I wasn't good enough to be you know a tony jaw or anything like that you know what i mean I'm <laughs> right. clearly clearly not i mean obviously not but you, but you know what i mean like sure at a certain point i it became more that I, if i'm going to be hired to do action it would uh chances of me being a, a martial arts star were, were very slim at that point you know um 
you know, when I would look at, because I, I mean, I loved martial arts films, right? So, like, I, you know, you, I mean, every video at the video store at Blockbuster, I'd, I'd watch, you know, and I just, you know, like, so, you know, whether it was Olivier Grenier or, you know, or uh, uh, Jeff Speakman or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or Jean Claude Van Damme, you know, like, I knew I wasn't going to be one of, one of those guys. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had the, the chops for it at, at, by, at, by a certain point, you know. Yeah. But, you know, having said that, you know, I did do a few, you know, jobs. I did do a few stunt jobs and stuff, but kind of, kind of like cocaine, you know, you try it once and I'm like, hmm, yeah, you know what? That's a door I don't want to keep open. You know what I mean? Because that yeah. could lead to a lot of trouble. Sure. It was kind of like that. It's like, <laughs> you know, like if I go, if I, if I keep pursuing the martial arts and the stunt stuff, I, I have a feeling that I could maybe do something there, but then it's just, I don't think I'll ever yeah. be yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. It's very hard to go back to the path that I really wanted to go down. No, but like you were saying, uh, with uh, with Warrior, you, you do get to showcase the, the acting chops, the great character, and yeah. you get to throw down and, and kick some serious ass. Oh, man, dude. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> like, uh, you know, when the, the previs because um, yeah. uh, every every fight sequence gets uh, shot previous uh, with my stunt double Haiyang. Um, he's you know he's obviously like a wushu champion and he's just an awesome martial artist. And, and when when they showed me the previous for episode two, that opening basically murder at the at the docks, yeah. the Longzi yeah. murder, I was like, whoa, that looks cool. And uh, I mean, they made me look so 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 cool. That that opening sequence is going to be on my actor's show reel forever. <laughs> Well, so how much of yeah. that do you actually get to do? I mean, are you are you in there? Yes. So all all of that is me. the The only time that I've been doubled in uh, Warrior, uh, and I have no ego about this whatsoever. You know, like these stunt guys are unbelievable performers. Um, uh, the only time I've got doubled is uh, when I had to go through a window for one hundred five, and when I got rugby tackled in uh, in one hundred five. And that's simply for insurance purposes. They're sure. like, no, a lead actor cannot go through, uh, even if it's the glass is fake or made of sugar. It's like, nope, no way. You know, no scratches, no real scratches allowed on his face. So they wouldn't let me do that. And then uh, the guy I was fighting, Craig. I mean, the guy is huge. I mean, I don't know how big he is. I mean, he might as well be seven foot tall. The, the way he, you know, when I stand next to him, um, huge. And yeah, they're like, no, we're not going to let him rugby tackle you tackle you either so those are the only two times i was really doubled but otherwise if there's any actual fighting you know knife stabbing running kicking punching any of that kind of choreography that's that's all me um that being that being said you know like you know andrew does the most amount of fighting you know i my fight scenes don't are, are pale pale in comparison to the amount of of work that goes into to his uh, fight sequences, um, his are just longer, bigger, more dramatic, and he's fighting more dudes. And um, so I feel like I got the best of both worlds, you know, like <laughs> a lighter a lighter schedule, but I still I, I'm still badass. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, what kind of training did you have to do for that for those kind of scenes? I mean, because you're wielding those knives like yeah. you've been doing it all your life, man. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so uh, you know, when I rocked up to season one, I, you know, I, you know, I got three daughters and a wife. And the last few years, I really haven't done much uh, martial arts training. And uh, and when I got the job, I was on a plane two weeks later, so it didn't. I didn't really have a lot of time to train. Um, so I did all of my training throughout, you know, during the season. And luckily, uh, episode two 
um, we shot episode one and we took a, a two month break and then we shot uh, two to 10 all in one go. So that gave me like a three month period to, to, to kind of brush up. And, um, and I just spent a lot of time in the, in the stunt tent. Um, you know, the one thing that Jonathan Chopper had told me when, when I got the job was, you know, I can train as much as I want or as, as little oh, wow. as I want. So in, which told me that in his mind, you know, what was most important was the acting. But fortunately, you know, you know, myself, Andrew and, and the rest of the guys, you know, it's a Bruce Lee show, man. Like who doesn't <laughs> want to train, you know, like we all want to train, we all want to yeah. look good, you know? And, uh, and so it was just a daily thing, just going to the stunt tent and, and training, practicing and, uh, everything from just, you know, basic fitness and, you know, um, hit, you know, high intensity interval training and, uh, slow training as well, you know, running and, and then actual specific martial arts training and, and then specific choreography. Um, you know, Brett Chan, the stunt coordinator, he had come up with this idea that, um, that young Jun would have two knives. And I was like, yes, it, once it <laughs> that, I was like, it makes perfect sense. You know, I thought, yeah, you know, just like with the hair, you know, when I got there and they put me in the suit and I came in with a big mop of hair and, and, uh, uh, so that they had something to work with and they were just trying to decide, you know, to, you know, design the character. And they had, initially they had asked um, the producers and the director if, uh, if Assam should have this big pompadour. And, uh, and then they looked at him and said, no, that's more of a young June thing. Yeah. Next, you know, next meeting it was with Brett Chan and he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about giving you two knives. Brilliant. You know, it's just everything kind of like fit in place and, and, and um, the character is so recognizable, even like from a silhouette, right? The two knives, the hair. I was like, man, this character design is really cool. And um, um, and so Brett, you know, initially, you know, he had shown me the kind of stuff he wanted me to do. And even those two knives, you know, in my head at first, I thought, oh, we're going to do more sort of, you know, Eskrima, Kali, you know, sure. C-Lot stuff. And, um, but, you know, it's a TV show. And, you know, what I'm doing more now are kind of big, kind of broad, you know, big swings and, um, or like, uh, you know, very fast stabbing and slicing and stuff and kind of the style is different. I, I would like to, at some point, maybe add a little bit more intricacy, you know, more of the you know, C-Lat stuff and, and, and everyone's open to that. So, you know, it's, what's great about the show is that it, it's ever evolving and, you know, the characters evolve and the fights evolve and, uh, the relationships evolve and, and, you know, to answer your question about the martial arts aspects, the nice things, I mean, uh, where I'm most comfortable at is, you know, kind of, I'm more of a, I'm, I guess, a mixed martial artist. You know, I, I love to box, I love to tie box, I love to, to uh, you know, wrestle and, 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 and do jujitsu and, and that kind of stuff. So I really look at Young June as like this, even though it's a period piece, I look think of him as very as very modern. He's like his style. He's not a kung fu guy, you know. Um, you know, you know, Assam is the kung fu prodigy from China. You know, uh, Atoy is the the that broadsword expert. Young Jun, he's more modern. He's more like I'm going to stab you like a guy would stab you in a prison. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? Like just same spot, but eighteen times. <laughs> you know. Um, because the thing that JT had told us when we got got on, got on the project was that you know it's it's a period piece, but it's not. It's more a Tarantino 
version of history, you know, so yeah, 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 for sure. thinking glorious yeah. bastards. So, you know, maybe the hair is not authentically, you know, 1878, you know, um, you know, maybe the lingo, you know, so I feel like for me, like young June is like this because he's the only one that's, he's born in America. Everyone else is kind of our immigrants. He's born in America, but doesn't fit in. So I wanted to kind of like, with everything he does, he's, he's like the modern, he, you know what I'm getting at? Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like in terms of my style, it's like, I, if anything, I, it looks like more like I have a, a boxer style, you know, or, uh, is, is I'm, I'm like a boxer with, with two knives in my, in my, in my gloves or what do you call it? In my fists. Yeah. You know, I felt that isolation of the character when you were explaining it to Assam in uh, the last episode where you were saying, you know, I was bo- I was born here. I wasn't born in China, but I'm a Chinaman born here in America and it, I don't fit into either one. And I was like, man, so why do you have to do that? Cuz I don't want I don't want this guy to be uh sympathetic to this guy at all. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, right, right, right. But th- th- that all plays into like you were saying into developing the the look and feel for this guy and the two knives uh when like you said when when you see um young june with with the knives it's distinctive it's right now every time i see it that's just you and that's yeah. just that character and you yeah. play it with such relish you know oh, when that man. blood hits you in the face you're like yeah man that's that's my <laughs> blessing right here you know this is my <laughs> baptism yeah exactly exactly just <laughs> joyful glee <laughs> <laughs> you know, the uh something else about the show though and uh some some might use it as a detraction uh but uh when you think that it's a bruce lee project you think right away it's going to be wall-to-wall martial arts and then you watch a show and yes. it's not that it's absolutely not that it's about the tong wars mm-hmm. but like you were saying the tong wars in this show is is important obviously because it sets everything up but it's sort of like the zombies in the walking dead it, it's it's part of the story and it's yeah. what you know motivates these characters and pushes them along uh so when you when you got involved with this were you expecting it to be wall-to-wall martial arts uh and were you happy that it wasn't yes i you know when i you know, before I even got like the the full first script, and I heard about it, I just auditioned for it. And I I realized that they were interested in, in hiring me. Um, I I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't even read a whole episode yet. And uh, you know, I, and at that point, I wasn't even sure. Like, wait, is it going to be just because I knew there was an assignment there so, and, and a, a toy, but I wasn't sure sure how many Asian characters were really in it. I had no idea. I, di- I didn't realize until I landed in Cape Town. I got the first script. I'm like, oh my god, half the cast is Asian. My goodness, it was it was incredible. <laughs> and um, I didn't. I really didn't know what to expect. Is my answer. Um, and and I was really pleasantly surprised because. I really think that the strength of the show, even though there's some great martial arts in it and, and choreography and and all that, um, in the end, like that's not what can sustain you for a whole season. You know, yeah, it, it has it has to be story. The story has to be king. And I think what JT and all the writers do so successfully is is that is they've created these characters, but they, what they do so well is they just they throw them in conflict. Mm-hmm. And and constantly putting them in 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 situations where the stakes are so high and there's so much at, at stake and and I really love that there are these different worlds so to speak within the world of Warrior 
And to me, like, it's, it's at first it can be like, oh, well, it's this Asian story, but it's this American story, but there's also this European story, right? Yeah. This, this Irish. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's literally a cross between an American TV show and a, and a British drama and, and this Kung Fu thing. It's like, it's such an interesting blend. And, um, I've never seen anything like it before, you know, and very unique show. It's so unique in that regard. And, um, so yeah, I was I I was really surprised, and actually, when my wife finally saw it, because you know obviously she, you know we, when I was working, I I tried not to tell her too much because she wanted to just kind of watch the show eventually. She was really surprised at how much, because like most people, they hear Bruce Lee TV show, they think it's going to be, it's they think it's about Bruce Lee, and that it's going to be wall to wall kung fu. So really pleasantly surprised that she was really engaged in the drama. With with all the other characters, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I, I love watching Kieran, Kieran's character, uh, Big Bill, and the stuff that he has to go through. I'm not gonna say any more than that because <laughs> I, I, I can I can already feel myself getting in trouble. I'm gonna say something. I'm, I'm like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. But um, you know, um, but yeah, I I did not know that there was, was going to be um, so much other storylines that would intertwine with ours and. Um, I think that's one of the things about what's difficult for for anyone who has to play Assam, you know, with, you know, uh, and that is the expectation that it's going to be Bruce Lee, and and what I keep trying to remind people people of is that um, Andrew's not playing Bruce Lee, right? Andrew is playing Assam. Assam is a character that Bruce Lee would have played had he had the opportunity, um, and so. You know, in many ways, Andrew has kind of like the expectations of kind of like Brandon Lee, right? Like that he has to live up to his father's uh, success and who he is. And, and you know, fortunately, like, you know, Andrew from day one has just been his own man. He's created he's created a song for himself and he owns it. And uh, and it's it's other people sometimes that go, you know, have this expectation that he 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 needs to be Brucey. You know? And but he but he's living. You know, Bruce Lee's what we talked about to honestly express yourself. If if you try and just be Bruce Lee and you try and mimic him and and only just do a Bruce Lee impression, then you're never going to be your own person. You're never going to be honestly expressing yourself. Now that doesn't mean that we can't you know put in little winks and and little homages and little references and and stuff like that to 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 the great man himself. Of course we can, but ultimately you know you have to own the character for yourself. And I think Andrew does a superb job of that. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole exploitation genre of film yeah, that uh, yeah. that goes to show that you just can't copy it and expect to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, that's what made Jack Chan so successful, right? He saw all these Bruce Lee impersonators and he thought, uh, you know what? I better just do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he created he created a, a genre unto himself, you know. Okay, so avoiding all of the politics of Asians and Asian representation and all that, are are you aware though? of the impact that you and the cast can make in an industry that it can still cater to those ridiculous stereotypes. <sighs> you know, I, you know, I, I, I have a feeling this show is going to do really well. I, you know, it's early days yet. And, um, I do think even though it's early days, there's, there are signs that I think this is having is going to have a huge impact on on at least Asian Americans and 
uh, also coupled with the whole rich, crazy rich Asians that's come out recently. And I, I, I do think things are changing, but I'm also kind of, I, I, I like to have low expectations. Uh, you know, I, I find that's the best way to, 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 to proceed. And, um, but that being said, you know, like the show's not even out here in South Africa and I've been recognized three times in the last two days. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> so people have, are clearly watching it somewhere. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, you know, th- you know, this is all new for me as well, because like I said, I- I've been an actor for many, 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 many years. Yet this is probably the project that's going give, to give me the most exposure. So I'm just kind of playing it day by day. I, I do realize the impact that it's had because BLT, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow, had such a huge impact. I mean, to this day, I, you know, actors and just people come up to me, go, oh, man, and I love that film. And, um, you know, it had such an impact on them. And I, I can only imagine that, you know, Warrior is going to continue that. Um, and, the res- like, you know, the responses that I've been getting online through social media and, just messages from from home and that's really it seems to be really you know reaching and affecting people i think 105 um that yeah it seems like since the show came out everyone's been hitting me up but 105 seems to have really struck a nerve with people and (laughs) i think you know over the coming months and you know maybe next year when season two comes out and uh more people start to binge the show and you know we'll see um I, I i don't know how to answer your question other than i'm kind of taking it day by day and and um, keeping my keeping my expectations low and fair fair yeah. enough yeah and 105 was just so cool it was so cool yeah totally it really was i mean there you guys were cowboys big fight in the saloon and, and a really really good fight and then that whole again the development of the characters between you and and Andrew Koji, and then you and uh, Wonkaya. Now the show is making sense. Everybody's coming together. The characters are coming together. And here's where we're going to start to understand the journey that all these guys are on. Yeah. It's very cool. All right. Let's uh, let's do a quick lightning round. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Favorite song to sing in the shower? Uh, At the moment, it's Erasure Always. Uh, My daughter and I have been singing it the whole time here in Cape Town for the last few weeks. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, When you dance, do you dance like no one's looking? Always. Always, (laughs) always, always. Yes, I am that guy. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Next question. True or false? You do, in fact, enjoy eating spotted dick. (laughs) I, don't, I still don't even know what spotted dick is, but you know what? I'm going to say yes because I say yes to everything I, when it comes to food. I, I literally will eat anything, uh, barring a few animals that, that I kind of like. Funny. Okay, you know? fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, you versus Andrew Koji in a spotted dick eating contest. <laughs> Andrew Koji would win. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> All right, uh, you versus Rich Ting in a rap bottle. <laughs> Rich Ting easily, really. Uh, in a rap battle? Did you say yeah. rap battle? Yeah, yeah. Rich Ting. Rich Ting would kick my ass. I think Rich <laughs> Ting would kick my ass in pretty much everything. <laughs> I'm just glad that he didn't audition for Young Jun because I'd be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any any uh, uh, interesting stories about Rich, by the way? Because he's going to come on the show. You know, I was trying to think of that. Um, the only the, 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 quickly, you know, when I met Rich, uh, I met him and his. His girlfriend Angela at the time, and they're now married, right? And uh, we're here in South Africa, and he 
the guy is awesome. He like hired a whole team of like a videographer, you know, and, and a photographer and told Angela, his girlf- then girlfriend, that, you know, they were just going to take some photos, nice photos. You know, they like to take nice photos. But he didn't tell her that actually he was going to propose to her. So they ended wow. up, they ended up like in this, like Cape Town's full of just beautiful locations. He's on this mountain. It's freaking, you know, gorgeous. He's got the photographer out there. Little does she know that like he's about to pop, you know, the question. And the photographer gets this unbelievable photo of her, him on his knees proposing to her in this stunning location. The videographer captures it all. all. And then afterwards, you know, me and a couple of guys like, Rich, you motherfucker. Now you're going to make us look like the worst boyfriends and husbands if we don't pull this shit off now. Like, you've just raised the bar to a whole level. It was so sweet and amazing. And at the same time, I'm like, God damn it, God damn it Rich. You just ruined it. Yeah, you're going to have to accidentally kick him in a fight or something for all the, uh, the future yeah. Composers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. My wife was like, how come you didn't do that for me? I'm like, oh, no. Honey, we've already got three daughters. We're way beyond yeah, that. Right, now. Right. <laughs> right. Moving on. Moving on. Yes. Moving yes. On. yes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. You versus Joe Taslim in a dance-off. Oh, dance-off? Yeah. Woo! Oh. Uh, he's a good dancer. He's a good dancer. He's a very good dancer. He's – man, he moves really good. I would say uh, – Martial arts, he would waste me, like just completely <laughs> obliterate me. And sure. a dance off, you know, with you a bit of alcohol, it. I I could, I might be able to take him. Might. Nice, yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, if you piss off Olivia Chang and Diane Duan, do the police ever find your body? <laughs> uh, no way. Are you kidding me? Those are the last two people I want to piss off. <laughs> my goodness i no way no way (laughs) good stuff all right and uh last question uh and it's a trick question so i hope you get it right but what's your favorite podcast about kung fu and martial arts movies and tv and entertainment Mm, let me think about this one uh the (laughs) kung fu drive-in podcast nice good answer look at all that cash nice nice all right so um warriors in full swing uh, beyond that, um, what else do you have in the works? I know you're a director as well. You're yeah. r- probably writing and producing other things. What else yeah. do you have going on? Um, I have a film that should be coming out on Netflix pretty soon. It's called uh, Sonora. Uh, oh. Its English name is The Devil's Highway, and it's a film I shot in, in Mexico. It's a all Spanish-language movie produced by Guillermo del Toro's company, script oh. by John Sales. Really fantastic story. Another period piece and about racism and, and about a, a Chinese immigrant family trying to cross the Sonoran Desert to escape uh, fascism. And and Mexico also had a Chinese Exclusion Act uh, back in the day as well. So it's, it's um, about that period of time. And uh, between seasons two and three, um, the plan is right now that Andrew and I are going to do a movie together. Nice. So completely different from you know our characters in Warrior. There won't be any stabbing, no killing, no blood. Um, <laughs> just uh, probably said you come back to it. Yes, it, absolutely, definitely. We just okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that'll be uh, yeah sometime later this year. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Jason Tobin, uh, awesome work. You're doing awesome, awesome work on Warrior. It's it's so great to see your character uh, going through what he's going through. Um, the show is awesome. Uh, best of luck to you and the cast. And uh, 
looking forward to seeing much more of your work and many, many more seasons. of. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Huge thanks to the very cool Jason Tobin, who quickly went from the character I love to hate to a character that I hate to love on Warrior. Now, if you haven't started watching the show, you need to get on it and check it out on Cinemax. Friday nights, check the listings in your area for times. Guys, it's it's a good show with a really nice mix of sexy drama, martial arts action, smart, witty dialogue, and a lot of just plain cool factor. And I openly defy you all not to want to punch Jung Jun in the face and then turn around and want to give him a big hug when it's all done. And that's a testament to Jason, and honestly, the whole cast is just stellar. Now, if you want to keep tabs on Jason, he's active on Instagram and Twitter, at Jason Tobin, that's J-S-N-T-B-N, at Jason Tobin. So give him a shout and let him know that you checked out the interview right here. Otherwise, you can catch me on all my socials, at Kung Fu Driving on Twitter and Facebook, at Kung Fu Driving Podcast on Instagram, or just email me at kungfudriving at gmail.com. Again, if you're on Twitter, go say hi to some of my podcast buddies at the hashtag Castaways for some more awesome indie podcasts. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea roaming over the land. Yeah, the little bit soldier is old, otherwise, he wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here, the pass. Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, Derek is coming back. The Tai Chi master, jelly's even faster. Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see, Maggie show his spine. Golden Swallow has arrived. Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight. May as well pick the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampires back. We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, to so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword, and our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaol in the Mantis style. Yeah, the Defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The shogun assassin slash and blood of just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got her just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the bodies on the floor, and the blood it'll splatter against the walls. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spill when you head into a war. Fearless, unleashed. The fist of legend that the car jet leave. 
from Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, many muscle action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm To smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, many muscle action Drink a little wine